we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. The Oswald has been shot. fired out of two adjoining rooms using a device similar to a hammer to smash the windows. Several uh, flying saucers there of extraterrestrial origin. Digging Chris Graves. Hi, welcome to Digging Chris Graves. Uh, I have a very special guest today, uh, one of the co-creators of Loose Change, Mr. Corey Rowe. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing just fine. Trying to stay warm up here in upstate New York. Upstate New York? Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts. It's a little brisk right now. (laughs) No doubt. How's things Um, about you? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going well. I'm very honored that you are taking the time to, this morning. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Um, how did you? I know it, it's uh, a very long story, um, but how how did you guys come to basically create Loose Change? Like I, I remember, it was basically it started out as a fictional screenplay, right? And then you guys kind of stumbled upon uh, one thing after another that led you to believe that it maybe uh, it wasn't so fictional after all. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. I think that the the story underneath that is the fact that I was deployed into my second tour into the Middle East, which was uh, my first tour into Iraq, uh, which was the initial invasion of both Afghanistan and Iraq. And my best friend Dylan Avery back home side. Uh, you know, we didn't really know what's going on. We were communicating loosely through uh, whatever communications were available back then, very small amounts of email and then satellite calls and stuff like that from the military bases in um, Kandahar and then, you know, throughout Iraq and stuff like that. And so there was a lot of lack of information. Uh, there was a lot of uh, anxiety and animosity towards the United States government because of their response to 9-11, uh, their, their, uh, their desire not to investigate it. Um, and, you know, Americans uh, and the international response to 9-11. And so there was a lot going on within us as people, within us as a nation, within us as a society on this planet. Um, and kind of it was definitely a turning point in history. And so there were so many different things that came out of that area uh, creatively. And, you know, Loose Change was one of those. And it did, you know, it, it started out as Dylan's attempt to make a movie, something that he always wanted to do, something that we, we as friends always wanted to do. Um, but in creating that film, we didn't have the assets to actually make a, a real movie. Um, at the same time, we were terrible actors. Uh, and so as we kind of kept going and as he kept researching it, you know, the, the Internet was in early, very early stages back then. There's no social media. There's no video um, kind of transmission of any kind. And so there's just a, a small communities that were interested in different information. And of course, one of those is a lot of the stuff that you highlighted in your opening reel. There's a lot of you know, uh, important events through history that are labeled as conspiracies that people are always infatuated with. 
And 9-11 obviously grew very quickly on the internet into that, into that society, into that community. And Dylan, you know, as a filmmaker, saw what was going on there, saw the information it was and captured, you know, kind of captured it. And it also kind of captured him. And as he was creating his film, it, it transitioned much less and less from a narrative style movie to a documentary. Um, and when he showed the first version of that in a place called Two Boots Cinema in, um, I believe it was DC, uh, that, you know, people overwhelmingly were like, the movie's terrible guy. Like, don't don't show anybody that ever again. But the, the documentary stuff, that's fantastic. You should definitely keep doing more of that. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of came to the realization, like, all right, let me see what happens here. And so, you know, he put that out on the internet for free uh, at a time when, you know, video sharing was just becoming uh, something on the internet with something called Google Video, which yep, was closer yeah. to YouTube. Uh, and it, it just quickly grew legs. And that was the birth of a, a media product that, in my mind, really became its own entity and just kind of took over the internet and just kind of kept growing and consuming and expanding. And we did our best as young men, myself, a veteran getting out of the military and with my best friend, Dylan, uh, to try to wrangle that beast and to try to keep it honored uh, and true to its original form, which was uh, an anti-war film, which was an anti-government film, which was uh, let's let's get some accountability for these people that have died and are dying now in the Middle East. Uh, and so that's kind of the origins of where it came from. And then where it went from there is, uh, you know, it continues to spread and morph uh, as its own entity to this day, uh, as we continue to do media. Uh, most recently, we did, I did an interview with uh, Jordan Klepper for um, uh, The Daily Show. And that was, you know, a really engaging, interesting conversation to just kind of see where loose change has come and gone and been and now is as its own entity. Because again, as it's even highlighted in that interview, like nobody remembers who the filmmakers of Loose Change are, were not important. You know, it's the film that itself that everybody remembers and it's kind of that cultural icon. And so we've, at this point, just tried to keep it alive as community standards continue to evolve on places like YouTube, Facebook, and other social media sites where they now are the law of what you are able to say and disseminate and spread. Um, even though they can't be held accountable for it by law, but that's their community standards and that's the world that we live in. And so we've kind of had to continuously move the goalposts for loose change to find places for it to live because it continuously gets taken down. Uh, it's not allowed to live on YouTube at this point. It's not allowed to be on Amazon. It's not allowed to be on Netflix, uh, even though it was, you know, one of the highest uh, comment generators, view generators, um, but they, you know, of course, people labeled it as a hate film and hate speech and stuff like that. And so it ultimately got taken down. So now it lives on Vimeo for free. You can go to our website, uh, losechange911.com, and you can see a free version of the film. Uh, another thing I think is important, and I'm sorry that I'm just going on such a rant, though, because it's just there's no. so much information to cover, is the fact that we had to re-edit and re-release the film back in 2016. The original film was released in 2004 in standard definition before HD or 4K was ever, you know, uh, broadcast standard. And so in 2016, we revamped the film into full HD, which required the reduction of some stuff. And then also over the year, there, the years, there has been better information that's been presented to us. And so we're willing to admit that there's better information. And, and so we, you know, removed some of that stuff. Uh, and then shortened it for broadcast and then gave it to an international distributor so that it could get out there on international platforms, at least since the domestic version of it has been so limited for viewership. So that's kind of where Loose Change is at 
uh, today and the journey that it's taken, but it continues to live on uh, in different forms. And it's a very exciting piece of media to kind of watch as it grows. Well, yeah, I also, I know that there would be every couple of years uh, after the first edition came out, I remember there would be yet another, like a second edition and then a third one. And at one point, I, I think you guys were talking to both Mark Cuban and Charlie Sheen about getting involved at one point, right? And it, is it, is it, I don't know if this is correct or not, but did Mark Cuban and Charlie Sheen both, like, as far as you know, or could speak to, did they get threatened to uh, kind of, you know, abandon it? Like, kind of go away? Like to Absolutely. Go? Yeah, okay. I mean, it wasn't like a threat as much as just business. I mean, when you when you get to that level, and we definitely did, we went out to L.A., the three of us, myself, Dylan Avery, and Jason Burmis moved out to L.A. at the, at the request of Charlie Sheen and Mark Cuban because they wanted to take this film and make it mainstream. Each had their own, uh, you know, motivations to do so. Charlie's was, he was, you know, he believed in the information. He went to several different 9-11 conferences. Uh, he made it publicly known that he wanted a new investigation and into 9-11. And of course, his career suffered dramatic loss because of that. Uh, Mark Cuban uh, wanted to put it out because it was culturally catching on. He's a smart businessman. And his, his you know, statement was that he wanted to take something from the shadows and bring it into the light. So that it has any merit that it can be ex can be discussed and, and investigated and, and figured out. And if not, then it can be exposed for a fraud or whatever it is. Yeah. And of course, this information was leaked to Bill O'Reilly uh, back in 2007 uh, while we were in L.A., while we were in the middle of doing uh, inking the deal between 2929 Productions, which was Mark Cuban's production company and Mark Charlie Sheen and his producer, Mark Berg. Um, and that information was released to uh, Bill O'Reilly by doesn't matter who, uh, somebody who didn't want it to happen. And then, you know, that subsequently created uh, another thing in page six on the New York Post. And there started to be a public outcry for these celebrities and, uh, you know, producers taking this film seriously and giving it more merit, which was completely justifiable at the time. But again, it was in a mindset back in American culture where you were with us or against us. Uh, you know, you were with the Bush administration and these false wars into the Middle East or you, you know, you're either with us or with the terrorist. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so, you know, it unfortunately killed the deal. Uh, we got a call after those pieces came out from the lawyer for Mark Cuban, who said, you guys probably should find uh, funding somewhere else. And then shortly thereafter, Charlie Sheen went into a crack binge, uh, which she got on Alex Jones's show and then started ranting about the Jews. And that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for his career. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, know. it didn't go well after that. And then us personally, as a trio, we were exhausted because of what you just described, going from, you know, one episode to the next, to the next, to the next, and trying to keep it current uh, and trying to wear this giant hat they had put on our heads. And we decided we had enough uh, and we all kind of went our separate ways and did different things. Yeah, I can't, I, uh, I can't even imagine what you guys probably went through behind the scenes that no one even knows about. Um, when you were when you guys were working on the first edition, were you still in the military at the time? Oh, yeah, I and, was in the military. For, I was in the military up until 2011. So the entire time that I was producing Loose Change, I was inactive in the military. Yeah. I had just completed my first active duty tour. Um, and yeah, it's uh it was just stressful to say the least. I was going to say like, uh, without, uh, actually if 
I, I don't know if I'm crossing any boundaries here, but it, was it extra difficult? Like, did people make it extra difficult for your service? Well, the, the reality was the military had no idea what I was doing and didn't care oh. because they were so entrenched into the war in Iraq and these 15-month yeah. uh, recycles for the troops that were in the military. Uh, and so they were so concentrated on just maintaining the, the you know, offensive in right. the Middle East that whatever I little guy I was doing, they don't give a shit. Um, so no, it, it wasn't too bad. It was just me personally that was dealing with it because it, it's, it's something that you struggle with. It's like, you know, you, do you feel dishonorable because you're questioning your government or do you feel honorable because you're continuing to fight for the thing that you swore that you would do? Uh, and so, you know, of course there's that inner monologue that goes on and it was a challenging time for me personally, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, looking back, would you do anything differently? No, I mean, I, I don't live my life with regret. I mean, I handled that situation and we handled that situation as best as we could. Of course, were we perfect? No, but you know, there was a lot of ask from us to deal with on this international stage. Like right. I remember some radio interviews I did with these, you know, hosts and pundits who are used to ripping people apart. And I had never dealt with that before. And so there were some very challenging conversations that I had to deal with. And But it was a lot of personal growth. I mean, it taught me a lot about the movie business at 23 to be sitting at the table with Charlie Sheen, Mark Cuban, Mark Berg, their attorneys, their producers in L.A. was, um, you know, it, it, I taught, it taught me a lot. It, it killed my career for a long time because of my association with Loose Change and all of the negative press that came with that. But it's something I overcame over time. Uh, and again, it taught me skills that I use today. So it's not something that I look back at with regret in any way. I'm very thankful for the experience. Uh, and, you know, it's I'm glad it happened to me and Dylan. I mean, I thought I thought we did the best that we could. And Dylan's skill, editing skills that he made the film with, um, you know, and he continues to make more films. He released seven a few yeah. years ago, which was an investigation into, you know, the, the NIST report, uh, yeah. the, the collapse of that building and refuting it with, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He just did another one, Unspeakable, last year for the 20th anniversary, which he covered people who were vaporized in the collapse of the World Trade Center. And yeah. then he's finishing up one right now that he shot again this year for another yearly release with Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, where he was specifically covering these two um, survivors. And so there's still more stories out there. There's more that can be done. You know, unfortunately, it will never get another investigation or anything like that. The government's clearly moved on and doesn't want to bring it up. And they'll just continue to use that as a reason to take away your rights. But, you know, that's America. Uh, and so, yeah, that's uh, eh, it's where we're at. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a downer, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I feel like it's going to become like the JFK assassination, which I'm also uh, very, very much into. But I think you're right. I mean, especially now we got COVID and all these other things going on that people, their memories are pretty short, you know, yeah. right now. But I'm still trying to keep the 9-11 uh, investigation and things like that alive because I feel like with the truth movement, I feel like that kind of imploded in a way over the years. Well, it's transitioned. I mean, today it's a free speech movement. It's more on the on the right where people have taken films like these and, and correctly so and been upset for the fact that you can't disseminate this kind of information anymore. And it's and it's a overreaching hypocritical government that's like, hey, you're not allowed to tell anything that might be mildly inaccurate, but we're going to do it every day, 24, 7, 365. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, All right. Well, that's that's a dick move. But sure. I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> thanks big brother <laughs> you know right like yeah. what, what, what can we do you know what, at this point yeah. we just have to we have to keep moving the goalposts we have to keep figuring out where we can talk where we can investigate these things where we can share this information and and what we can do with it um you know and also not go too crazy down the rabbit hole because there's definitely out things out there to to trip people up. I love the birds oh, aren't real conspiracy. Um, I heard about that. I, I, every time I see a bunch of birds on a wire, I'm like, oh man, that's just too funny. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's a lot that is put out there on purpose, I believe. But uh, yeah, I'm even shadow banning with uh, the, with Twitter. I mean, I was shadow banned for a couple of weeks there because uh, I put out a whole episode that where I basically went through the whole Operation Northwoods, like the documents and everything. And I feel like that had a lot to do with all of a sudden... I wasn't getting any more followers and people weren't getting notifications and things. Luckily, I was able to go on Sam Tripoli. And uh, also I had um, David Knight mention the whole shadow banning. It kind of pulled me back a little bit, you know, back out of the shadow banning. So, but anyway, but my thing aside, uh, what are you working on now? And what are some of your uh, filmmaking goals like for the future? Uh, right now, uh, we're you're inside. This is Otsego Media. This is our studio in Oneonta, New York. Dylan has a desk right there, uh, and my manager listens right here. We work with uh, different independent contractors in the area to create media that matters, in our opinion. And so over the last few years, we've made uh, some narrative films that we finally accomplished that goal that Dylan really wanted to do back when he started out with Loose Change. And so Dylan and I wrote and produced our first narrative film, which you can watch on Amazon or Tubi for free or, or YouTube called Asteroid. Uh, and guess what? It's a conspiracy narrative. <laughs> so it's about an asteroid hitting my house. Um, and of course, the government knows about it. And there's a subplot as to why the asteroid is coming. Uh, and there's secret agents in the bushes and stuff like that. And it's a it's a very slow burn kind of family friendly comedy uh, of just kind of making fun of ourselves, making fun of society, the That's way that awesome. we deal with this kind of information. Um, and I would definitely recommend checking that out. If you're looking for something for me and Dylan, which is just lighthearted and fun. And that's um, Asteroid, right? One F-bomb. Yeah. And again, that's Asteroid. And you can watch it on, uh, you know, Amazon, Tubi, <laughs> Fandango, Go, you know, all those different things. YouTube, if you want to watch it with ads and stuff like that. This sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a funny little film. We had a great time making it. Uh, and then, so since then, we started making films for other companies because we actually made that. Then these, this company in LA hired us to make a couple of films. And so we made... Uh, Bring Him Back Dead, which again, you can watch on Amazon, Tubi, Roku, Fandango, all those different things. And that's about a bank heist that goes, or a, yeah, a diamond heist that goes wrong. And again, we shot that here in our hometown in City of Oneonta in Cooperstown, uh, New York. Um, and that's available right now. You can watch it. And it's, it's a fun movie. We, you know, we shoot these low budget independent films because we can do it on a dime as opposed to what it takes to do so in L.A., um, and so we enjoyed that. And then we just finished up a third one, which is a horror film about a, we a Ouija witch who is summoned through a Ouija board and comes back and kills all these guys that beat up this girl. Uh, it's a women empowerment film is what I call it. Um, but it's, it was a lot of fun to make. Again, we just kind of enjoy it. Those are the narrative things. Then we do business videos. Uh, you know, that's what keeps the lights on, keeps us yeah. warm. Business videos, things of that nature. Uh, I'm working on a docu-series for one of the large content distributors about cryptocurrency fraud on this crazy adventure that I traveled on. 
Wow. We're writing scripts. I mean, we're making shows. We're making movies. I got ideas coming out of my ass. Uh, I just try to put on some paper before I forget them. Me too. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I got uh, a werewolf witch movie I'm working on. Yeah. Nice werewolf witch movie. People love that stuff, man. Horror films. I mean, you know, that keeps people interested, engaged, and you know, they're just they're fun popcorn things to sit at home, especially in this oh, yeah. world where we you know don't leave our homes anymore. So um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we're we're always making. We're videos living in a science stuff. fiction movie. I feel like right now. Uh, one last thing Uh, did you were you was kevin smith like an inspiration to you guys at all in terms of the independent yeah for sure i mean i'm dylan's much more into those kind of indie directors and knows everybody's names but yeah kevin smith and clerks growing up was something that was extremely iconic to us we were we are 90s kids we grew up you know, learning how to do some small hacking and video games with the N64 and, you know, smoking pot in our basement and listening to Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. I mean, we're, (laughs) you know, we're 90s kids here. So we we have a good time, uh, you know, but we at the same time try to get our work done and and make something of our time here on Earth and leave it a little bit better than we found it. Hey, you're awesome. Seriously. Uh, uh, If how can people find you uh, and, you know, send you comments and all that thing? Uh, You can always go to loosechange911.com. There is a contact form there. You can send a message. I'll be honest. We don't answer most of the messages because we don't have answers for people. They're like, hey, you know, where's the copy of this? And it's like we we can't even sell that. It was like SD like 20 years ago. Like there's not much we can do. Or like, what book should I read? It's like, I don't know, man. There's so many books. Like I'm not going (laughs) to. do the research for you uh but you can definitely send us a message through there uh how can people support you that's a better way of putting it yeah i mean if you want to check us out atsigomedia.com is my business website you can kind of see the things that we're doing and stuff like that the videos that we make and the best way you can support us is go watch our movies that are out there you know uh, asteroid on amazon um you know bring them back dead because when you watch our movies we do make a little bit of money off, off of that and we do see a check from those companies that put those films out there and so you can definitely watch our films and stuff like that um you know that, that's about it. We don't ask for much. We just like people, you know, sharing loose change and keeping it going and stuff like that. That's great. I appreciate you taking the time with me uh, this morning. And uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you again uh, whenever, you know, you have something else to promote. And I'm going to check out Asteroid and the other ones that you just mentioned. And uh, like I said, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing the morning with me. Of course, man. Thank you for doing your show. I mean, more people need to just create media that, about, you know, the things that matter to them so that other people who don't have that ability can have a conversation or, or at least hear what the conversation is. And so I applaud you for doing this show. Thank you for inviting me on. I hope you have a great day. Hey, you too. Thanks. Right, have a, peace out. Peace out. How dare you?